What is up, bitches? It's Nita. We have a special treat for you this week. Um, a couple months ago, right when we were starting the podcast, we recorded an interview with our friend Camelia about Puerto Rico and Hamilton, and we thought we would release it this week in light of rich Americans going into Puerto Rico and displacing its people and using up their precious resources. We thought it would be a good time to shed light on that issue. It was recorded via Zoom months ago, so it's not the usual quality, but there's some interesting and more detailed takes on the terror that is Lin-Manuel Miranda. Uh, We also didn't record this week, so we didn't get a chance to speak on other events that happened this week, but we want to extend love and support to our East Asian community. We hope you're finding ways to find love and warmth and a nourishing space this week and beyond. Uh, We will have resources in the show notes for how to combat anti-Asian racism and violence. Uh, We will also have resources regarding uh, Puerto Rico, and how to help in any way possible. We hope you enjoy. Uh, this was a really lovely interview with Camelia. She's great. Uh, we'll have links for you to go follow her on Twitter and Instagram as well. Enjoy. All right, Camelia, do you want to give us like the lowdown on Lynn and PR and everything? Sure. From my singular perspective, because mm-hmm. This is my perspective. Okay, I'll just start with me. When I was like 15, I got really into Hamilton as so many other people my age did. And I just like loved it, everything about it. And I was like, this man is a genius. And I like didn't know anything about In the Heights. I still haven't listened to In the Heights all the way through. Like I don't. What? I've seen a video of you singing it. (laughs) Right. I, um, I like was in it but we did like half of it we did like a few songs off it you know but I didn't but I think it's I think it's lovely but you know I wasn't too I was 15 I wasn't like too well versed in absolutely anything about the world and I remember this news came out that he endorsed it's a bill that Obama proposed it's called PROMESA which stands for Puerto Rican Oversight Management Executive SA Basically, what it is, is this group of people uh, that are not Puerto Rican that have kind of come in and taken over for the government. So, like, the government does work and does do things, but the it's called La Junta. They make all economic decisions executively. So, like, any budget cuts, any funds that are given to anything, that is handled by La Junta. And it's... It's extremely problematic, first of all, because none of, I'm pretty sure that like none, or at least 95% of the people on that oversight board are American and have um, no kind of like attachment to the island in a sort of way. They're just like economists and like people and like financiers who like know about money and they came here and they were like, okay, well, we're going to handle all the money. But they've basically taken all funding out from schools. Basically, the reason as to why this is happening is because we have a $72 billion debt, right, to the United States of America. So every governor's or like every American congressperson's goal with Puerto Rico is is as soon as you pay off the debt, you'll be fine. But it is a $72 billion debt for a tiny 100 by 35 mile island that there's no way to pay the debt. So basically, 
Lin-Manuel Miranda endorsed this as a kind of idea to like, we're gonna get the right people to handle the budgeting and the funding, but it's not, it has gone like so sour. It's like money has been taken away from schools. The public university has been like close to being bankrupt basically because this like oversight board is giving, is taking money away to pay this like useless and unpayable debt. And basically he endorsed it. He was like, yes, it's gonna be amazing. And, and everyone on the island was like, okay, well if Lin-Manuel Miranda is endorsing this thing, then it's the right thing to do. So this happened when I was like 15. So like fast forward, like five years later, we're all like, this is a horrible idea. Why did you endorse this? And why did you lead everyone to think that this was a good idea? Because also like, I feel like a lot of people here don't really have a grasp on like American and Puerto Rican relations. Mm -hmm. So to have someone who's like kind of in the middle of that, to be like, no, this is a really good idea was like, yeah, it was kind of like a safety net. Like, it'll be fine. And it hasn't been. So that's one thing. In terms of, like, representation, I personally feel like he is... Okay, this is my take. Camellia, okay? We're asking for your take. Like, I am somebody who who believes... I have a lot of mixed feelings about a lot of things, but I, I, I don't like mass exploitation of, like, art. And Hamilton is, like, the biggest mass exploitation, consumerism, capitalism of, like, art in any way, shape, or form. Like, they're selling you the cast album, they're, they're selling you expensive tickets, they're selling you t-shirts, they're selling you a book, they're selling you this, demos, makes it, like, they just keeps on selling and selling and selling. And like, that to me is just annoying and like the opposite of what sharing art should be, but like, then how do you make money, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, so for me, it's, it's this, when he brought the musical over to Puerto Rico, it was under this idea of like, we're bringing it to the people. You're finally like, I'm from here. My dad and my mom are from here. I want to bring it back home. It's about a Caribbean immigrant. Like it's about Puerto Ricans, blah, blah, blah. But like when I went to go see it and I had to pay a lot of money to go see it, me and my family, everybody around me, except my friend who was sitting like three rows behind me was American. Like American traveled to go see Hamilton because the tickets were cheaper than in like New York or Chicago. Um, they also were selling like these like tourism packs. By the ticket, you also get this like exclusive like tourism. They were like packs. Like you can get the this version of the pack, which is just the ticket, or you could get the ticket and the tour. You could get the ticket and the tour and the expedition on a boat, and you can get the. So it was like very actually for tourism. Right. And there was the, the, the lottery, but like, how often do you win a lottery for a show? Like now that I'm in New York and I know that like you can apply for a lottery like 500 times and not win. I was like, what is this guise of like, these are this tickets for the people when it's like, this is a lottery that happens in every single show or like most of them. And I remember I was in line to go in and I was pushed out of the way so that like a line of like white senators and Congress people could pass through before me so that they wouldn't like have to wait in line. And my thing is like, why are we, why were we at the hands of him and like his company and whatever? Why were we kind of announced as like your tropical getaway destination? I was still losing power like my house which is in a very 
privileged area of the island. I was still losing power. Like, it, we are still in, like, this idea, this quote that's, like, I live where you vacation. When I was younger, people would, like, put it on their, like, Twitters or whatever. Like, I live where you vacation. And it's, like, that's kind of a depressing idea, though, because uh, the living conditions for everybody here are, for not, not for everybody, but for people under the poverty line or like under the poverty line and that is the majority of the people so like the way that it was it was kind of like promoted by him was like come over to puerto rico and and experience this like wonderful getaway you don't need a passport they're american and i got a little off topic there but there was this whole idea like this whole every every single day or like every single weekend new celebrities were coming to the show and so it was like, oh, Obama and Michelle went one day. I actually think I went to the one that the Obamas went to, but I'm not sure. Anyways, see, it's like mixed feelings. Cause I was like, fuck, fuck that. Like they don't need to come. And then I found out they were there and I was like, oh my God. But yeah, so it's like every day, like, oh, I think like this actor came to see it. And like this person, it's like, we didn't find, it's like kind of teaching people to not find value in the fact that you watch the show, but more in the fact that like this famous American person came to watch the show and like they came to the island, which is kind of similar to, I don't know if you guys have know about this like new Zac Efron show on Netflix. Yeah. He has this show this. on Netflix, Gaia, where like he goes to... I only saw the Puerto Rico episode, but I guess he, like, goes to different places in the world and, like, learns about them. He got sick or something a few months ago, and everyone was like, is he gonna die? And he said he was, like, filming something. Right, right. Well, this, he filmed this one a while ago because, well, I don't know, but a woman's, they basically went to this woman's house that it was, it's, like, destroyed. And basically they were helping her out, but there was this moment where, like, they grab a piece of wood from her roof and attached to the piece of wood is a GoPro. And they're like filming themselves, like like putting wood onto the track, like with a GoPro attached to it. It was like, it was like what? Gross, like why? So it, I think it was, it's this kind of like feeding the ego for like all these celebrities to like come and like, yeah, we went to Puerto Rico. Like it's really bad, but where we stayed was like really pretty. And it's like Hamilton was 2019 in Puerto Rico, right? That same month, which was January, there were a number of shootings that were happening on the island, like gang shootings. I don't know. I'm not too sure. But there were like shootings that like shootings kept happening. I think I was on vacation with my family and like we just kept getting news from like all these shootings that were happening like in the in like bakeries and in like in like just like on the street. And I remember just like that same week, like Hamilton was being announced. Like, yeah, it was it's like this juxtaposition of like this is the best place ever with like actually kind of looking behind a curtain and being like, no, like this place is like not okay. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that the biggest promoter of that can be him sometimes. I'm trying to like read about the university thing. What mm -hmm. happened there? So University of Puerto Rico is a wonderful, amazing institution. But again, like they are, they have no money. Mm -hmm. So they are, it's a public university and they have no money. And basically what happened was that he, Limanuel, he said that he would repair the theater because they have a beautiful, like a beautiful, my brother's graduation was there and it's like the most beautiful. They have like these, they have one organ in which the pipes of the organ are attached to the walls. It's like 
insane. It's so beautiful. But it got wrecked with the hurricane and they didn't have the money to fix it. And he said, I will fix it for you guys. And I will debut Hamilton there. And I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. Thank you for fixing it. And that'll be amazing. But there's a million issues with the University of Puerto Rico from students not being able to graduate in time because it's impossible to like get the classes you want. Lack of teachers, like there's no, like there's barely any teachers um, giving class. Basically a bunch of things. And the, I don't know how to say this, but I think like the maintenance people of the university were gonna protest. I could be getting this wrong, but basically they were demanding, I think proper retirement funds, something that de they definitely should have. Like it was, it was all within reason. And they said that they had been protesting for a while and that they weren't gonna stop their protests in front of the theater, which I agree with. If you're gonna protest anywhere, do it where there's a million people to see you. You're not gonna protest in your house. And basically they wrote a letter to Lynn and his dad and like the whole Hamilton company. And they were like, we're gonna keep protesting. We're not gonna stop. We just wanna let you know that we're gonna be there, which is pretty decent because they didn't need to let anyone know. And then they pulled out. There was a lot of like intricacies that happened, but I just remember them being like, we're not gonna, because protests in the university lead to become a little violent, but that is usually at the hands of students and not at the hands of like faculty or maintenance or whoever is working at the university. But they were just afraid of it getting violent is what they said. But basically they pulled out. They were like, we don't feel that it's, <laughs> there's this video. I'm going to try to find the video, but there is this video of like Lin-Manuel's dad being like, Because somebody asked him, I think it was on CBS or something, they like asked him, what, did you, what was the decision to, behind moving it? And he basically said like, no, we don't want protests to lead to anything else. Like who knows what could happen to the theater if they're protesting. My son is in there. And I was like, you're treating people who live here and who have the right to demand something in their own house as like dangerous people that we need to like be staying away from. Like I just remember watching, my cousin was with me And, I, and I, I went to go see the musical with her. And I remember we just watched that video and we were like, can you relax? Like, it's not, and that protest specifically was like not too many people. We've kind of raised the bar for like what a protest is. Mm. We were like, no one. So he moved it and he was like, we're not doing it. And the attitude was a little bit like, I invested all this money into fixing your theater. And now we're not even doing it there. A lot of people though, there's a lot of, this is probably a, a a term that exists, but it's like colonized syndrome. Most people and a lot of people on the island have been kind of treated to be thinking that like, to think that like anything from the United States is inherently better. Any person from the United States is inherently better. So a lot of people were like, oh, we ruined everything. We have to ruin Hamilton too. And it was like, no, they decided to remove the musical because they couldn't handle people protesting. And I think that To a certain point, like I get it, like I feel like they maybe were like, we don't want to direct the attention away from what's important, which is the musical and having people coming. But I kind of see it more as like, you had all these senators, all these Congress people, all these celebrities coming over to see this musical. And you kind of took these people's platforms away, like the people who were protesting. Right. They deliberately chose to protest right in front of where all of these prominent people were going to be at to call attention to their protests. And then they were like, no. We're not doing that, which is unfair. I mean, the theater is great. It's really pretty. <laughs> But 
they took that away and I remember I remember it being like sort of dramatic not dramatic but a lot of people were like we're really gonna do Hamilton now and I was like that's okay like they'll figure out where to do it I think they moved the first week and kind of like instead of it being like the second week of January they did like the last week of January or something like that it was a whole drama and I remember just being like my mom I think was one of the people who were like they ruined we ruined everything oh Puerto Ricans I was like it and nothing has to be this complicated and it felt like it was so complicated for no reason I know we we've talked about this a lot because like with our like cultural crises it's hard to have like celebrities be in charge of your representation and in terms of like the way PR has been represented like the only things I can think of in the American canon canon landscape of like recent Mm -hmm. Puerto Ricans in in American Mm -hmm. pop culture like all I can think of like is Lynn and then like more recently the JLo Super Bowl performance where she had American flag and then the PR flag on the back how do you feel about Lynn as like a person who represents where you're from it's really hard sometimes to like draw a line between what feels like accurate representation and what actually is because when Hamilton came out and like the thing was like Lynn is Puerto Rican I was like of like of course he is like he's such a genius and I'm so proud to like and he's also he's very flaunting of where he's from like he's not like some people who not who don't necessarily who or who like use it when it matters He's very upfront and like it is a huge part of him, which I do appreciate. But I do feel like his experience and JLo's experience is very diasporic mm-hmm. because he grew up in New York as well as JLo. And I, as a person who moved to New York but lived 18 years, 20 years, honestly, in Puerto Rico, I don't necessarily feel like their representation is catered to us. It's more catered to Americans who aren't Puerto Rican. You know what I mean? So it's like, this is a Puerto Rican person that Americans can digest. Because I look at somebody who, who I, I do identify with a lot and it'd be like, Bad Bunny, why? He basically grew up here. He spent all his life here. He like just learned English. He like, he, he spent all his life here, found his career here. And like, Ricky Martin is also somebody who I kind of identify a little bit more with like what they mean to me because he was born and raised here and he does he lives in Miami but he also lives here and they're not people who who are necessarily kind of adapting their culture to be digested by Americans they're like you either get with it or you don't like I when I when I went to Lollapalooza in Chicago a year ago Jay Balbing who is Colombian was performing and I remember walking with my friends and we were talking in Spanish or whatever and this guy like um, like and his group of American, very American friends came up to us and they were like, are you guys Puerto Rican? And we were like, yeah. And they were like, oh man, we love Bad Bunny. We have no idea what he's saying, but we love him so much. And like, that is the sort of representation that means more to me, where it's like, I don't live my life speaking in English. I do sometimes consume more media in English, but that's just my background and like where I went to school at and like what my family is. But, like, when you ask Puerto Ricans, like, who is the ideal person to represent you, even if they have flaws, because Bad Bunny does have flaws. I think we would rather say, like, worldwide, it'd be somebody like Bad Bunny, it'd be someone like Ricky Martin. Who else? I don't know. I feel like true, not true, because I don't mean to, like, invalidate 
a di diasporic Puerto Ricans experience, but like a, a person who was born and raised here and like made it huge and like is huge and is represent is, and is a representation of who lives here. It's kind of scarce, but like I can think of so many people who weren't born and raised here who like do say they're Puerto Rican, like Lin-Manuel, J-Lo. I told people that I was Puerto Rican. They were like, oh, from where? And I'm like, San Juan. And they're like, your family or you? Like, no, me. Yeah. So th there's a clear and like palpable difference that I think Puerto Ricans f who were born and raised on the island can feel and like see that it's, it's not a bad thing. It's not like a, I think it's just a different experience. And then the representation will be different because like Lin-Manuel, he lives his life speaking in English and he lived his life going to school in America, you know, and that, and that has its own issues and struggles more so oh this is the thing like i i remember reading when i was on the internet when i was like 13 14 15 i would read a lot of people a lot of a lot of things of people being like i remember the first time i kind of realized that like people could be mean to me because i was puerto rican and i remember thinking like that doesn't happen here because we're all puerto rican mm -hmm. like and so when I would read tweets or like posts on Tumblr or whatever, people being like, this is discriminatory against Puerto Ricans, I was like, I have no idea what that means yet because I'm at home all the time. So I feel like that's something that people in the diaspora experience that we definitely don't. Mm -hmm. and, and that's something to his experience that like I can't take away. It just, we just don't identify with that here unless you leave. Right. Well, I'm just curious about, like, how, like, so Hamilton just got, like, released on Disney+, Plus, and, like, I'm curious about how your experience with, like, the text of the musical has changed as you've moved to New York and, like, learned more about Lynn and learned more about, like, life and gotten older. Yeah. For me, at first, it was, like, ultra-poetic and meta. I was like, yes, this guy whose parents moved from Puerto Rico to New York, just as Hamilton did. And he's writing this show about him. And like, this is so meta. And like, there's this line that they say where he says, why should an island across the sea regulate the price of tea? And I was like, that is us, but with America. And I don't think that many people think about that when they think about it. Like for me, it's like, this is exactly it. Like, why don't people listen to Hamilton and be like, this is what we're doing to Puerto Rico. Like, why is it? But I think being pro-independence in Puerto Rico has been for the longest time, I think my generation has definitely changed that, but it has been for the longest time, a bad look. It's like a bad look to have. Like you don't want to be associated with the independence movement. And if you do, you're immediately like categorized as like radical. And I think that that's something he definitely doesn't want to dip his toes into because the moment you announce yourself as a person who is pro-independence in Puerto Rico, your audience changes, the way people see you change, and then they judge everything. For example, there's this rapper. He was in a group called Calle Trece with his brother. And they're Residente and Visitante. And then they eventually spit it up. But the whole thing of them was that they are pro-independence and they are very, very pro-Puerto Rico. They kind of brought back when they came back, like culturally, like sonically, music-wise. And also this guy is like a fucking good rapper. Anyways, he immediately from like day one, he was like, yeah, I am pro-independence. And so 
a lot of people, like I went to his show two summers ago and it was like 45,000 people in like one big stadium and it was insane. But like, if you ask every single person in that room, are you prone dependent? They'd be like, not necessarily. Even though they stand behind art that is, and they stand behind a person that is, you might not necessarily want to associate with that. And like family members and like adults that I know that don't listen to him are like, no, but he's like pro-independence and we shouldn't like him. And I feel like that's maybe something that Lin-Manuel doesn't want to dip his toes into of like saying the reason why Puerto Rico is the way that it is is because of colonization. And they currently find themselves in the same situation that um, the United States of America used to find themselves in. I'm shocked as to why he hasn't made that distinction clear. So when I was sitting watching Hamilton in Puerto Rico and like all of these Americans and Congress people were around me, I was like, is it possible that they are so unaware and incapable of like reading a room that they don't realize like the reason as to why this hits me is because it, we are currently in sort of a similar situation. It's, it's just hard because like that was, it's so baffling. That was like America then. There's so many things in it that are parallels. I, I can't. And I was watching it. I watched it on Disney Plus and I was like, I regressed. I was 15 again. I was like, oh my yeah. God. I literally know all the words to this and like have no idea where my passport is. Like I have, I don't know. I was like, this is insane. But then once I was done, I was like, I'm so angry because this had the potential to like represent something. But I get the fear of like not, because my granddad, he was very, very pro-independence. And in the moment that it became obvious, like the government turned against him and like did everything possible to like not endorse him and not work with him anymore. And I feel like that that could be something that Limano stands for, but like won't dip his toes in it and won't let it be clear because of like money and shows. And like he'd lose a big chunk of his audience, probably. It's wild that he can like make this art and it's set at a time that is directly parallel to the way we treat the island now. And either he didn't make it clear in his art because maybe he felt that it was implied but now he like his own actions towards the island don't gel with his sentiments in the musical that he wrote about independence also i just remembered residente the rap i was talking about and limanuel both like genius writers both in rap represent two totally different things they found out like three years ago that they're cousins what? Which is wild. Yeah, they both descended from, which is, it adds like, there's like layers to this, bro. They both descended from Gilberto Concepcion de Gracia, who is the founder of the Puerto Rican Independence Party. This is wild. You can hear in, Residente has this album called ADN or DNA. I know it's called Residente, but it basically stems from, he did this kind of like douchey and he did a DNA test or like a ge- genealogy test or whatever. And he went to all the places that he descends from and like and made an album off of that. The first track off his album is performed by Lin-Manuel. Oh. And basically he tells the story of like how they found out that they're cousins and they literally are, which is insane. I feel like Lynn suffers from like chronic moderate syndrome, which is like what every single like artist on Broadway has. He promotes tourism as the number one 
like way that we make money. And that is not true. It's a big part of how we make money and it's a big part of the economy, but it isn't the sole purpose. And as proven by recent circumstances, we cannot rely on tourism because I don't know if you've realized, but the only place that will accept an American passport at the moment is my dear home. So we are full of tourists. We are being swarmed by tourists right now. And that is a little bit at the hands of people who are like, come to Puerto Rico. And we're like, yes, it's beautiful. But if you drive five miles west of where you're staying, it might not be so beautiful. And it's not organized and it's not livable. Oh, when the protests last year happened, he was very silent. And I think he said once that, so like the catchphrase was Ricky renuncia, which is Ricky resign. And I think he like tweeted it once or twice, whatever. But that is like the biggest thing that we've had happen where like, you know, cancel culture or whatever. But I think it actually kind of sort of worked here because anybody who wasn't pro Ricky Renuncia, everybody who kind of stayed silent was immediately kind of looked like, what are your ties to the government that you don't are, you're not asking this asshole to resign? And, and the protests were very like fueled by celebrities. Like I remember the biggest one when there was like a million people out on the street on the expressway, there was a truck, like a truck. It had Ricky Martin, it had Bad Bunny, it had um, Ile, you don't know who she is, it had Residente. Like every single prominent person that has ever said that is Puerto Rican was there except J-Lo, mm. Lin-Manuel. So like it was, it was, that's kind of where you can see the, the difference. A lot of people on the island are also kind of over trying to get the attention from Americans to help. Again, he's like a, a represent, representation that Americans can digest. He's American enough mm. and like made something in the name of America that was so big that he, he gets to be Puerto Rican. Chronic. He, this was like a big disease. thing in, a, in the States when this, when, when Hamilton left the public was the fact that the tickets were so expensive. And like the, and this is, this is a conversation that like has been like happening since Hamilton started, but like that the people on the stage are not representative of the majority audience and like how expensive yes. it is to go see it. And yes, the theaters do demand a specific amount of money and all that. Like I, I wrote a paper about like the public and like they don't have jurisdiction anymore of like what happens to the musical because even though it was like started there, but the public has specific missions around like making theater accessible but lynn did not carry over those sentiments when hamilton moved to the richard rogers theater and and so on has not like done anything to make sure that the yeah. like the people who need to see this musical should and then finally when it happened on disney plus like that was like they filmed that like years ago yeah. and that could have been available over time, I've become more um, comfortable with having mixed feelings over things. And I had, like, many feelings about the release of Hamilton on Disney+. Plus. But I remember, like, talking to my dad about it. And I was like, why didn't he air it on TV one night? Why didn't he put it on, like, PBS? Why didn't he put it on YouTube for, like, well, YouTube is, like, tricky. But, like, why didn't he make it accept? Like, if you're talking about, we're going to have millions of people watch Hamilton more than ever before, then why are you putting it on a platform where you still have to pay? Where people, like my friend, 
my best friend didn't, I gave her my, my Disney Plus account for her to watch it. It's like, okay, well, who are you making it accessible to, though? You were making it accessible for th- these people, and now you're making it accessible for these people. What, what about all of these other people? Is there not, like, a cap, like, a cap where you're like, I've made enough money, I can give this out for free? Because Hamilton tickets aren't going to go significantly down once, like, theater comes back or whatever. I saw it in Puerto Rico. I saw it in New York, and I saw it on Disney Plus. I coming out as a person who has seen it thrice. I can say that if I win a $10 lottery, I will see it again. I don't think it's going to matter. So at some point like when are you done profiting off this thing? You're not giving it to everyone. Not everyone's going to If I had uh the impetus and if I had no remorse i would ask him do you truly want everyone to see this or do you just want the people who can pay i also remember him being so anti-bootleg like i remember in high school him being like don't watch bootlegs bro bro, not only did i have the bootleg for the other day i was with my friend and i remember we were talking about the bootleg and i said like oh yeah i had the bootleg in a usb and she said me too and i was like oh my god how did you get it and she said you sold it to me and not just to me <laughs> you sold it to everybody and i was like i also think i give it for free i don't think i sold it but yeah like i saw what did i see i saw hades town on bootleg what i would give to see hades town on stage adeline and i matter online all night i did it twice to fucking see hades town like the people who want to see it live will find ways to see it live but well, like, like but like the people who can't afford to leave wherever the hell in the states or the world they are like they won't be able to see it and yeah. it's fair that- it's something that listen in my privileged bubble within living in a not so privileged place I remember being like 14 and hating the fact that I lived in a place where like One Direction wouldn't come. Mm. I was like, are you fucking joking? Like they'd announce tour dates and they wouldn't come to PR. I was like, I hate it here, which is ridiculous and prepubescent of me. But that like flame in me that was like, why don't I get to see this? And why aren't they making it accessible for everybody else? I think that still lives in me. And I don't understand how, like, somebody who's making so, 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 so much money. When are you going to say, I've made my money? Bro, the amount of things. I remember going to, when I was in New York, when I was, like, 17 or something. I was in Times Square. I was around the Hamilton Theater. And there was a Hamilton shop. Yeah, yeah. It's a merch shop. And I also think that that's very masturbatory. I'm sorry. But like, like you go to a show, you go to like see any show and you can only buy merch if you go see the show, which is also like a special part of it. I When I went to see American Utopia, mm-hmm. clown me, clown me. I but I bought a David Byrne signed CD because I needed it. But also I stream the album um, it was pre-signed. I didn't meet him. I just bought the like crazy amount of money to see that. And afterwards I was like, why did I fucking do that? But it's a token that I have. I'm like, yeah, I saw it. I have the signed CD to show for it. And I think that that's like a cute thing that musicals do. Like you can only, you know, 
you you saw the musical, you bought the shirt, or like you got the cup, or like whatever the poster, I don't know, the CD. But like for Hamilton, it's like it's so accessible and accessible, anyone can have the merch. But then it's like impossible to get tickets. It's impossible to see the actual thing. It feels like that's why they had the shop. It's like you want the shirts, but you can't. You can afford a thirty dollars shirt, but you can't afford a three thousand dollars ticket. Right. It's like it's like we're the whole experience of like going. I remember. I, when in freshman year, I took my best friend to see Anas- Anastasia because oh, Anastasia, yeah. oh, Anastasia, Anastasia, Anastasia. She she was like obsessed with it, and we saw it, and she bought merch, and then we waited outside, and we got to meet the lady, and it was like a whole thing. It was like a whole experience, like a whole theater experience, and I feel like Hamilton is like beyond the theater experience. It's everywhere: Chicago, New York. Puerto Rico, um, London. Uh, is it in Latin, in South America? I don't know, but it could be. And if not, there's a store. Like, also, he has a t-shirt store here in... Oh, yeah. Is T- that in PR? What? Is that in PR? That's in PR. Oh, I... Fuck. Okay, because... I that... think it is. But I... It's, oh, it's like a... Rico, right? That's what it's called. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, you go there, and it's not just, like, well, I haven't been there, but my family has, and I I think my dad went and, like, got my brother's shirt, and they're not just, like, cool designs. It's, like, Hamilton designs. Also, (laughs) this is me, but I don't like the Hamilton flag, sorry, the Puerto Rico flag with Hamilton on the star. Mixed feelings, because it's, like, we get to claim this thing. We get to be, like, the greatest or, like, the most influential and, like, most important piece of theater in the last 20 years can be claimed as, like, a Puerto Rican thing, but also, like, the story is inherently American, which a lot of people don't identify with. The story glorifies the American founding fathers, which we should never be doing. It has nothing to do with us, so, like, why do we get to claim it? And, the, and in the way that it does have to do with us has, is unspoken. It does glorify a white man under the guise of representation. Another thing that was sort of funky was that he initially said that um, the cast was going to be whole full Puerto Ricans when they got here. And I don't know if I made that up or we just assumed. The only person who was Puerto Rican was one dude and he played King George, which also like layers. That's Okay. Um, he, he played King George and he was good. Like, he was cool. But that was like wild to me because we, uh, we thought like everyone was, and I don't know. I don't know. That was kind of freaky. And, and you're right. It is, it is not just a musical now. It's like a phenomenon. It is one of the f- most famous musicals we will ever have. And it will like stay like a representation of what musicals can be, I guess. But, like, what do you, like, just personally, like, what do you think, like, the impact of all of this? I think it's a great thing. I feel like it's a great thing with loopholes, but not, like, loopholes, but with, like, yeah, yeah. Um, like, the, the, the amount of, like, kids mostly younger than me or, like, around my age that have gotten into theater and, like, art because of Hamilton and because we've, like, embraced Hamilton so much here but I just remember like like it being an explosion and like suddenly so many kids around me and like people my age were like really interested in doing it I was like this is so exciting but 
at the cost of like one, there's nowhere to do it here. Second, looking up. We're always looking at what American creators and American artists are doing and telling the story of America and focusing on American musicals and theater. And I think that's really sad because there's so much to look up to. There's like so much art to look up to. Like, again, I'm obsessed, recently I've been obsessed with Radiohead and I'm obsessed with Radiohead and not like Solas Stereo who are Latino. Like I, I am a person who also does that, but there's a sort of lack of like, let's do something here for here. It's sort of like, because um, there's a lot of, there's not a lot, but there was theater that was being made in Puerto Rico. Like René Marquez is an amazing playwright. And um, I haven't studied, I, the first René Marquez play that I ever studied was in NYU and I read it in English, which is a disgrace. And so, like, I feel like it's, at least here, it's a really wonderful thing where, like, a lot of people are, like, open to the possibilities of making. And, like, and, and so many, like, so many people, like, younger people that I know are, like, now actually considering, like, going to school for music or theater or, like, writing and stuff like that because their first love was Hamilton. Right. But it's, again, it's the, I'm going to, which I did, I'm going to leave to do this. I'm not going to stay here to do this. And most of the people here who were obsessed with Hamilton leave. And the people who stay don't necessarily feel the same connection to it, I think. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can follow the Bitchwide Podcast at Bitchwide Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow me at Nita underscore Thadani, T-H-A-D-A-N-I on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can follow Gaia at Gaia Rose River or Gaia River Rose, depending on what you want from them. You can follow Camellia at Cameliagrams on Instagram. Thank you so much to our editor and co-producer Cameron and our graphic designer Jillian. All right. Bye, bitches. Bye.